Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to season two of Chatsunami. I'm Satsunami and joining me today for this, quite frankly, glorious episode is my very good friend, Adam. Welcome back for another season. Morning, Angle. Hello, hello. It's good to be back, back in the studio, ready to go. Yeah, I was just going to say before we started, you might want to go home and change because, you know, you've got a bit of red on you. And as you can tell by those very subtle references, (laughs) I was going to say, can you tell, like, you know, we're referencing the first two films and not the third one? (laughs) You might say I'm drawing a blank on the third one. Ah, there it is. See, (laughs) there it is. So, yeah, by those very subtle references, uh, as you can tell, we are indeed going to be covering a very iconic trilogy that is near and dear to our hearts. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm quite curious, what was your first exposure? So, sorry, before I go on, I better introduce the films themselves, because I'm like, oh, what's the mystery? What's it going to be? Yeah. I, I, guess, I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, at the end, it's going to be revealed to be like a Citizen Kane retrospective. Cornetto. <laughs> Cornetto. <laughs> So yeah, today we are going to be talking about, I don't know if this is the official term, because I know like unofficially they've got Cornettos in them, representing like the different genres, but it's dubbed as the Cornetto Trilogy, which is composed of three films, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and last, I was going to say but not least, but we'll get there, The World's End. They're basically parodies, aren't they, of their respective genres? Yeah, yeah, they're they're all genre parodies, as you say. Mm -hmm. So we've got Shaun of the Dead, which is probably the most obvious out of the three <laughs> of course being a parody of horror films and basically zombie films you know Dawn yeah. of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead we've got Hot Fuzz as well which is a kind of parody of action films and then we've got The World's End which I have to admit like personally I can't really tell but I don't know if you could that it is a sci-fi one I mean they were kind of building up to that mind you but yeah. I mean by the title alone if you heard World's End would you assume that it was like a sci-fi epic. You'd think more like a disaster film, wouldn't you? You'd mm-hmm. maybe say something like that rather than a sci-fi kind of one. It's an interesting name. At least yeah. it's better than... <laughs> So I'll briefly touch on this because I feel as if we have to address the elephant in the room or as I you know, described it to you earlier, the stoner comedy in the room. That of course being Paul. I think it was about 2011. I'm just, yeah, 2011. Everybody had been waiting for the third instalment of this trilogy. So we had Shaun of the Dead which came out to very positive praise. Then we had Hot Fuzz which was, honestly I looked up the reviews and I thought Hot Fuzz was going to be considered to to be like better but I think Shaun of the Dead rating wise is actually considered to be the highest in the trilogy Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, not by much. I think it's by like a couple of percent, but it's like Shaun of the Dead, then it's Hot Fuzz behind, and then I think World's End is just underneath. I can't believe like the age gap for these films. So Shaun of the Dead came out in 2004, which, my God... (laughs) I can't believe that, to be honest. That was a shock when you when you reminded me. Yeah, I mean, I was still in school at the time, which kind of showed my age there, but, you know, it's absolute... In fact, we were both in school, of course. We were, we were young whippersnappers yeah. at that point. In our... Yeah, <laughs> we were young. We didn't know what the world would hold for us, and then Birdemic came out, and that just, yeah, that just ruined everything. But anyway, Birdemic aside, yeah, 2004 was when Shaun of the Dead came out. Was this film popular in your school? Like, were there a lot of kids going around quoting the film or it, it was like it was that's where i first heard about this was at school because i remember a lot of people in my i remember a lot of people in my class quoting one particular line the good old fucker doodle do that was one that was very popular <laughs> in 2004 <laughs> in my in my class yeah i can't remember when i saw this but i think it was like years later and i just remember that line like being said in the film so do you remember msn messenger oh who could forget and do you remember Remember how you had like a status underneath where you could put like a message or a quote or something like that? Do you ever remember that? Yeah, I think I think I remember. Yeah, it, it was kind of like the subject line, let's just say, <laughs> of MSN. And I remember, like as a joke, I put a doodle do there, like you know, thinking ha ha ha, you know, swear word funny, and. <laughs> 
I remember one time, I don't know why, but like I was checking my emails or something and I think my dad was like over my shoulder and I remember him looking and he was like, what's that? And I was like, um, ha, 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 oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that was the sounds I made. I, I couldn't like, I couldn't string together a coherent excuse. I was just like, get it deleted, get it deleted, get it deleted. That's out of a film, I swear. Yes, Sean of the Dead corrupted my youthful mind, yeah. <laughs> tell the press <laughs> yeah I, I mean I remember people in my school kind of talking about it but I think the one that made the most impact was Hot Fuzz by a long shot yeah I'd probably agree with you on that one because I was in high school at the time Hot Fuzz came out mm-hmm. but yeah like I think well I think it's more because we were of that age that like we could legally see Hot Fuzz yeah like in the way that we, we couldn't legally see I, well I, I couldn't legally see Shaun of the Dead because it was like a 15 I think and you know I was under 15 at the time it came mm-hmm. out but because I was able to see Hot Fuzz in cinema and a lot of my peer group were able to yeah I would agree it probably did make more of an impact and I mean by the time The World's End came out that was 2013 so Shaun of the Dead fantastic you know reception Hot Fuzz even better you know everyone was expecting the third film and then Paul came out and it was just like everybody thought oh it was going to be the third film in the trilogy and turns out it wasn't it was just uh, I suppose a coincidence or just that they were doing this yeah in 2011 they were going to do this sci-fi film and you're like oh great I did not care for Paul I've only seen bits of it and as I said it just comes across as more of that stoner comedy than uh, something good (laughs) I'd go as far as to say that I actively hate Paul I can agree with that standpoint and I apologise for anybody who is, like, pro-Paul. Other opinions are available, but yeah. you're wrong. Calling <laughs> <laughs> you all out. <laughs> yeah, which then brings us on to The World's End. In The World's End, I don't remember there being much of a buzz about it. I remember people, like, hyping it up, saying, oh, it's going to be the third one, it's going to be, like, a sci-fi thriller, and see, after it came out, I, d- I don't remember anybody, like, quoting it or it. Like, I was in university at the time. Yeah, same for me. But I never heard, like, anybody really quoting it or, you know, like, saying much about it. And, I mean, I went to the cinema with... Well, I'll put it this way. I went to the cinema with someone who absolutely hates sci-fi. So that kind of sullied my experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, imagine coming out with yeah someone who really hates sci-fi and then yeah ranting about it for about 20 to 30 minutes in the car it was uh, that's, that's the cinema experience you want oh yeah uh, it was fantastic and we will get on to like our kind of in-depth thoughts about it but it's safe to assume that your favorite of this series is Shaun of the Dead yeah far and away that is it's one of my favorite films of all time mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a masterpiece. I have to admit, like, I'm going to get this out of the way quickly before we dive into the main, you know, the main meat of this. Shaun of the Dead, when I first saw it, I really didn't appreciate it. Like, I really didn't like it as much. But, like, going back and rewatching it, I found it a lot funnier in retrospect. Hot Fuzz has always been a favourite. Yeah, for me, like, <laughs> I'm totally in Team Hot Fuzz here, which will be quite interesting going forward in this episode. But I think we both agree that The World's End, for the most part, I think, what was it we said before that it's always the bridesmaid, never the bride? Because I don't, yeah. You, yeah, you don't really hear many people. Like, I have heard a couple of people say, oh, my favourite was The World's End, but it, that's definitely that with you and far between um, I've never heard anybody say that I have to yeah. admit so like there are some people out there who, who are like uh, who, who, who do rate it number one but, I mean yeah. I, I did see some comments on videos but I don't know if they're just Russian bots that have been paid by Edgar Wright to promote the world's end you know <laughs> <laughs> or blanks you know that would have been the funnier oh, joke <laughs> So, yeah, in this episode, we are going to be going through each one, one by one, just discussing what we liked about each film and, yeah, seeing if they still hold up in this lovely year of 2021, also known as the fallout of 2020. (laughs) Before we begin, we are going to play off just a couple of messages, but even before that, do you want anything from the shop, Adam? Cornetto. Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that talks about topics from gaming and films to streaming and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we discussed Game of the Decade, Deadly Premonition, the romantic thriller Birdemic, and listen to us get all sappy as we discuss our top five Christmas films. 
episodes. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. We are Beer and Chill Podcast. Podcast where we review TV shows, games, movies, and whatever else takes our fancy. So what are you waiting for? If you're a cool kid like us, you're gonna listen to the Beer and Chill Podcast. You can get it anywhere from Spotify all the way to your grandmother's radio. My name is Jan. And I'm Craig C. And we are Beer and Chill. It would be criminal if we didn't start this discussion in order. Because this is your favourite film, Adam, I'm going to let you kick off with Shaun of the Dead. Okay, I simply, simply adore this film. As as I said in the intro, it's one of my favourite films of all time, and I genuinely think it might be perfect. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a single thing I'd want to change on it. Um, and there's like three... I, I was trying to think, like, why do I love this film so much? And I distilled it down to like three main points. So I'll go through them. Number one is how the film is structured. I just think the structure of this film is so is so amazing. It's so tight. And I love how everything is linked together and how there's so many things like on repeat viewings you can watch and you're like, oh, that's a, that's like pointing to that. And, you know, that comes back there and everything, just in the lines people say, in the way actions play out, events and everything. And it's really, it feels like the out of the three of them, the most kind of Edgar Wright-esque uh, so for those who don't know, Ed, uh, the director of these three films was Edgar Wright, who's also done Baby Driver. Is it called Baby Driver, I think? Yeah, I was actually surprised he directed that. Because I was yeah. looking up a list of films, I was like, oh my god, he directed that? Damn. Yeah, no, he was also he was also originally down to the Ant-Man film. I think he wrote most of it. He didn't actually end up like directing it in the end, but he was attached to that for a while. And there's, He's also quite famous uh, in the UK for doing a TV show called Spaced, which was mm-hmm. like in the early 2000s. It was before before Shaun of the Dead and also starred uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And sort of a way that I think that's how the three of them kind of like came to work together. And this, Shaun of the Dead has so much of that Edgar Wright styling just in the way there's lots of fast cuts and kind of like, yeah, just lots of th- lots of those kind of stylings that he has and he carried that on into Shaun of the Dead. And I just think it ho- the film holds together so well. And I remember when I fell in love with this film, I watched, but I would watch this like repeatedly and I, n- I never get bored of it. I could watch this film like, I think I could watch this on 24 hour leave but I don't think I'd get bored because it's just such a fast paced film and it's so funny and that brings me on to my second point that the humour in this film just I think just every single line hits like it's just so good and like all the characters like they all have their quirks and the humour will combine so you've got like uh, you've got like Sean who's that kind of slacker like kind of drifting through life and then you've got his best friend Ed who's the, like the kind of stoner like layabout and is just like lying just doesn't care about anything his uptight flatmate um like sean's girlfriend who's like trying to like kind of move their life along and then her like kind of wacky flatmates and then sean's mom there's all these d- unique characters all bring these like different elements of humor together and the lines are just so cool like we just talked about fuck a doodle doo as one <laughs> all these like all these just oh it's just this oh i just i you know i'm not gonna list three because if i start <laughs> listing all these things we'll be here for an hour i think the real reason that i love this film is just its heart and i think it has actually like a real like emotional like like resonance to its core and it's something that I it resonates with me more and more now so basically this film is about a man who's basically in a midlife crisis and zombie movies are at their best when the zombies are used like as an allegory for something so in like the first Romero George A. Romero uh, zombie film who's like, a famous horror director who kind of started the kickstarted the kind of zombie film trend and uh, his first one called Night of the Living Dead the zombies are it's kind it's an allegory for racism basically and it's a discussion of race the famous one Dawn of the Dead which takes place in the shopping mall is basically a critique of capitalism and there was also there was a Cuban zombie film from a few years back whose name I can't remember but the zombies were used to kind of critique the state of like Cuban healthcare at the time and so like for me zombies are the best when they are used as this kind of social message thing and this film is about a man going through a midlife crisis and the zombies basically represent you know the problems that are like besetting him and the fact that he's stuck in his ways like and he just can't he can't move on and his girlfriend is like prodding him to be like what when are we gonna like 
when's our life going to start? But he just can't, he almost wants to, but he can't. He just can't, like, push himself forward. And for me, like I said, this just resonates so strongly with me now because I'm I'm 29 years old, which is the same age that the character of Sean is in this film. Yeah, I was surprised at that, by the way. Sorry to interject, but as soon as I heard that, or heard him say that to the young boy that he's working with, he says, hey, I'm only 29. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I've like I'm also been in so Sean's been in a relationship for three years with his girlfriend. I've also been in a long term relationship for three years, and it, like I feel like I'm at that point as well, where like I'm like I feel I'm entering a new stage in my life. But I'm like you know it's like, it's scary and everything, and you're like looking back and you're like oh god, am I ready to move on? You know everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just a film that resonates so strongly with me, and it's really a film about a guy like a person just trying to move on in their life, but not like lose who they are. And in the way that's what he that's what he's able to do uh, by the end of the film. And I just I find it a kind of really uplifting. As, for as much like death and destruction as there is in the film and like humour and you know like humour both light and dark I just find it an uplifting film about like you know overcoming like your worries and your fears and your demons to just be like you know just to, to have a, to have a full and happy life and I, I did for me like I said that's what really draws me to this film is just that I just relate so I find Sean the most relatable character of like the three main protagonists of these three films he's the one I identify the most with and they said that just becomes more that's just become stronger and stronger like the older I get you know to the age I'm at now just watching it and so it just draws me to the film and I just I just think it's a masterpiece just at every level there's nothing I can really critique about this film I just think it's I just think it's the tops well let me tell you why I think it's the worst of the tri- no I'm only kidding <laughs> no 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 we're, we're saving that line for later but <laughs> no I totally agree with you I feel as if as I said in the intro I really didn't like Shaun of the Dead the first time I saw it. I like certain bits like obviously all the Simon Pegg stuff but at the same time it's because at the time I wasn't a, really a horror fan. I still wouldn't consider myself like a fan of horror films but to be honest Shaun of the Dead isn't really much of a horror film is it? Even as a parody oh. except for like a handful of scenes like people getting their guts ripped out of them. That was a bit brutal but like other than that it's quite tame in comparison to some films nowadays where yeah, yeah there's blood and yeah and <laughs> blood guts and ice cream everywhere you know <laughs> but I have to admit like going back to it when you're older and seeing these problems that are a little bit more uh, as you said they're a bit more relatable Yeah, I, I totally agree with you because it's something I never really thought about when I first saw the film and then I always remember like going back and watching it and someone had brought up the point of or rather the like character development there's like almost an opposite thing going on between Sean and his oh what's his Liz that's it his girlfriend Liz who Liz at the beginning starts off as this like woman who is you know she wants to see the world she wants to do this and that you know carp DM and everything yeah it is interesting the character development of Liz kind of going in parallel to Sean and I, I did think that was really cool uh, I did like that. You know, that she's... Not that she's accepting not to do anything, you know, but she's kind yeah. of realising that sometimes you can just take life quite slow. And it's as you said, it's like Sean's trying to find himself and trying to find that kind of purpose. Yeah. And again, we could honestly deep dive, which I think in the future we probably should because these films, like, we could like talk for ages on these. But overall, yeah, I do agree. It's definitely a strong start to the series. and I do think it's definitely a film that you have to kind of go back on and re-watch maybe like once or twice I wouldn't say like right away but definitely for me and did you feel the same way as well when you first saw this film? Yeah no I I also didn't didn't like it when I first saw it because I first saw it just I think the year after it came out Mm-hmm. So I just don't think... Again, I wasn't really a horror... Well, I don't know, because I'm not really a horror movie fan either now. It's 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 not that that attracts me to Shaun of the Dead. It is, it is like, it's both the humour and, like, the kind of emotional core to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I also didn't really get it. And it was going back watching it kind of years later in my like, kind of later teens mm-hmm. that I was like wow this is this is amazing and I yeah I don't exactly want to end this section on a negative note but was there anything that you didn't like about this film honestly like honestly there's nothing yeah. I honestly think this is a perfect film I was trying to think if there's anything that, uh no 
No. <laughs> no, I love it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a single thing about this film. It's the perfect length. Like mm-hmm. uh, the characters, I just don't need anything else. The characters, I think they're all perfect. Mm-hmm. The humor is great. The scenes hold up. I, do you know what the, the thing I find about this film is so funny? You you tell it you because mm-hmm. you were saying it came out in two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like an old film to me. Yeah. No, I. Totally... This feels like a film that could have been released like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I feel it. It's one of these almost like I mean, timeless. I don't, I don't know, like fifty years down the line, if it'll feel dated. But to me, this doesn't feel dated in the slightest. I mean, technically, maybe the phones they're using, but even then, yeah, that's so like smoking in, like smoking in pubs as well. Is maybe the one thing that dates it as well. But yeah, yeah, but even then, yeah, it's yeah. I'm just trying to think as well. I don't think there's really much you can criticize. I mean, you know, there'll, there'll probably be like one or two definite things where it's like, oh, they could have used this shade of red for the blood or they could have done this but in all seriousness it is definitely a film I think kind of matures like a fine zombie wine you know oh definitely it's definitely the one that you would start people off with and the funny you should say that because I was um, I was actually watching this film when I was re-watching these for this episode I was re-watching with someone who actually hasn't seen these films at all she turned around to me and she said oh are these you know are these old films and I was like no no they're like maybe a push like 2006 you know but I'm sure they're later on and then I looked up the date and it said 2004 and I was like oh yeah Okay, maybe. Maybe it is a little bit old, but I, I, I do agree. It holds up spectacularly. It really does. Speaking of <laughs> films that do hold up, will we move on to the next one? I know, I know you're itching to go, so let's do it. Oh, right, okay. So this is going to be another like speedrun of this plot, but my God, I probably feel about this film the same way you do about Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> because this film, I, I can't remember when I saw it, but I think I saw it probably towards the end of high school. So this film came out in about 2007 and it follows the character of Nicholas Angel, or Angle as the papers call him, who is a police officer in London and he's like very multi-talented in, you know, martial arts and everything and like keeping the streets safe and he does such a good job that the police send him away to this very quaint sleepy country town called Stanford and while he's there it's meant to be like a very boring post, there's not much going on he he spends his days dealing with people who hate him because he's from the city and those that don't hate him are quite eccentric and then eventually it spirals and he realises that the sleepy town isn't all it's cracked up to be and there's like a darker side to it it's definitely something that I don't think you can kind of tell going into this film, you know that it's going to be quite gory because I mean it's not overly gory but I mean a man does get his head like crushed by uh, by a church roof, yeah, that maybe, and the guy gets gutted. So yeah, that is a little bit gory, but that's not something you expect. See, so going into this, you think, oh, it's going to be a parody of action films, and some of the violence is so over the top. But I think that goes kind of part and parcel with the genre of action yeah. films. Yeah, I just love this film. I think it is the humor, much like Shaun of the Dead. The humor just hits every single time. The writing is so like tightly. I think this is the longest film that they worked on in the trilogy. Well, sorry, technically second. I think they worked on this for 18 months. Because I think technically World's End was an idea that Edgar Wright, I don't know if Simon Pegg as well, but I think it was Edgar Wright mainly had the idea at 21. But for Hot Fuzz, they worked really extensively on the writing. And my God, it just shows. It really shows. I, I love it. Like, honestly, if it was a person, I would ask it to marry me and it would be far out my league. I feel as if probably the most apt, like, description of this film is, like, the Chekhov's gun of films. But it's basically, if you put an item out on the wall, like, uh, for example, Chekhov's gun, you know, you're gonna expect it to be used by the end. And it feels as if everything in this film is, like, a Chekhov's gun because they set up everything. Some lines where it's like, oh, you just think it's a throwaway line, but they just tie it back so perfectly. Like, there's a scene at the beginning, they're talking about gun control or something, and Simon Pegg's character basically says, who owns guns around here? And one of the police officers flippantly says, farmers. And he asks again, he says, and who else? And he says farmer's mums and then later on you get a scene where he like hits a farmer who's like calling out for his mum and the mum has a shotgun 
And it's like really kind of small scenes like that that just, oh, they just hit so well. And again, although he's a bit more competent, um, Nick Frost plays the kind of bumbling police officer as well, who's like his sidekick and kind of teaches him to loosen up a bit. Because the the whole point of this film is that Simon Pegg's character is married to his job and he keeps, you know, he, he will not shut off and it's caused him to alienate himself from his loved ones. He's split up with his girlfriend, gets sent away and his colleagues can't wait to get rid of him, you know, and then eventually finds this friendship in Nick Frost's character. It's just so well done. Like, <laughs> I honestly, like, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like, I could go on and praise this film for probably a good hour, but... <laughs> yeah, genuinely. So let's do it. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but, yeah, when I first saw this film, I was blown away at how funny it was, how utterly fantastic the humour was, the characters as well are so memorable. I mean, Timothy Dalton in this film is... He is, like, the red herring of the film. I'm not going to spoil the ending too much, but, yeah, because it's for the greater good. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, the ending is fantastic. The twist and, you know, who's causing the murders and things. One of the best I've ever seen. That, that, that's all I'm going to say, but by far one of the best movie twists I've ever seen. And the action's great and everything. I will say it kind of gets a bit balls to the wall crazy towards the end, but you know what? See, other than that, I, I would say this is a solid film. This is a film I could definitely go back and re-watch over and over again and just not get tired by the comedy, by the action. It's, it is just great. It's absolutely fantastic. Would you say this is your second favourite then, if it's not your favourite? Uh... Um, I'm gonna save my. I'll save my ranking until the end of end of the episode. Okay. We've gone through all three. I I totally agree with like so like basically most of what you said there. Like I I think there's a strong argument to make. This is the funniest mm-hmm. of the three. The humor is so sharp in this one, and the jokes like hit so like so well. Like I think you can you can well argue this is the funniest. And I totally agree as well. Like, I think it's a really well crafted mystery because it does keep you guessing. You know, right until the end, until you find it. And I think it is such a great payoff, mm-hmm. as you say, like such a good twist. And yeah, like Timothy Dalton, like definitely my favourite character out of any of these three films. <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton, Simon Skinner is just, oh, he is just, he's on top form and he shows why he's one of the greatest actors ever. I, I love Timothy Dalton. Again, I feel like if I'm going to have to like throw a criticism, this is, and can I just say like any criticisms I'm going to throw against, throwing against any of these three films are pure nitpicks because I do, for me, there's nothing majorly wrong with any of these three films, especially Hot Fuzz. There's, there's nothing I can point at and be like, oh, that's a big fault with that one. If I'm going to pick a, a, pick a small fault, this is a subjective thing thing so this might not even really be a fault it's just for me i find nicholas angel angel the least relatable of the three protagonists oh no definitely i'd agree with that it's not i'm not that personality type but i can totally see if you are somebody of that you know personality type who's like really wedded to their job and everything and can relate to a lot of those struggles and i can totally see why how he is like a really relatable character it's just that's not who i am you know i i don't have that i don't have that amazing like work ethic and everything i can't relate as strongly to him and i don't have that same like emotional attachment to it that i do to something like Shaun of the dead so that's really the only thing I can throw at it. But even then, like, th- that's a subjective thing. That's not really, like, a general criticism of it. Because this film is amazing as well. But th- it's so it's so good. It's so funny. It's so watchable. Like, yeah, it's a blast. No, I totally agree with that. Because I was thinking, Matt, to what you were saying about Sean of the Dead there. When you were saying about how Sean is, like, this middle... No, he's not middle-aged because we are the same age. <laughs> we're not going no, into no, that no. rabbit hole. <laughs> he is a young man. <laughs> <laughs> an averagely aged man who is going through, as you said, this kind of life crisis and he's set in his ways and everything and apparently this is like semi-based on truth where I think Nick Frost and Simon Pegg went to the pub a lot but no, Edgar we... Wright actually didn't <laughs> want to go. So like the stuff with the Winchester is like loosely based on that. Yeah, apparently, which I, I thought was pretty funny. I have to admit, I thought, okay, that's quite clever. He's definitely the most relatable I would say out of the three of them I think in terms of if you take it as like an action parody he's like a good parody of you know the old action film stars you get that they're trained in kung fu and all of these martial arts and they're very the deductive skills are like Sherlock it's like he's maxed out all his stats that's what I'm saying (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, I totally agree. As a character, I don't think many of the characters in Hot Fuzz are that relatable. There are a couple of instances, but I do agree. I, I just wanted to say, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. I feel as if it is definitely one that, I think it definitely it works, but I do agree with that. It doesn't detract from it, though. The thing yeah. it said doesn't detract from the film at all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's still an amazing film and it's still like, it's still a masterpiece in its own right as well, so. And I mean, as I said, the attention to detail, I, I think that this is, I'm going to bring it up now, but I think this is something that they carry through all three of the films. Just this attention to detail of having like a callback. Yeah. Like, they'll set up something earlier. You know, like, I think the most iconic in Shaun of the Dead is when he's walking through the neighbourhood and, you know, it's the kid playing with the football and it's the guy washing his car and then they cut back to that scene later and it's, like, the same, but... Well, not the same, but the streets are deserted, but then those characters come back as zombies. There's lots of... There's also, like, the, you know, when um, Ed's playing, like... Uh, I think, actually, Ed's playing Time Splitters too. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> when he's playing that, he's like, oh, top left, reload, you know, like... Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That gets called back to when they have the gun and they're trying to defend themselves in the Winchester. There's that exact yeah. same thing. So there's a lot of those. And I think Sean Dead has the most of those probably, but mm-hmm. ev- all of the films have that, as you say. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, even in Hot Fuzz, as I said, there's the farmer's mother comment. There's a scene, like, earlier on where they're doing, like, this, like, deduction, where they're like, what about that guy? Why does he have a long coat in this weather? And he's like, oh, maybe he's cold. What about them? Why are they walking like that? You know, but really, like, the away comments and things. And then, all of a sudden, they come back later on and you're like, ah, oh, that's why. And I think the most famous one is definitely the swan, yeah. which is surprisingly comes in very handy at the end of the film, <laughs> which you think, again, it's like this running joke of, oh, they have to catch a swan and they can't catch it, and eventually, yeah, I won't spoil it, but I would say by far this is my favourite of them. And maybe that says a lot more for me, but <laughs> again, I think Shaun of the Dead is a fantastic film as well. I think it's very close. Apparently, though, the police were very happy about the portrayal in this film. Yeah, like, they were just happy that there was, like, a kind of positive film that... Or not a positive, but, like, a kind of funny film. Yeah. There was, like... Because they went and interviewed, like, a lot of police officers. Or, sorry, Simon Pegg went and interviewed a lot of police officers to, yeah, just, like get not experience but just kind of learn what it was like and everything and it does kind of show like it doesn't feel as if he's you know one of these american cop dramas where it's like oh my god we got a 1082 on a 5 ap and you're like well that's just numbers and letters and that's just gibberish but you you do feel as if he's definitely he's read up on it and everything and i will say there is only one scene and i wonder if you can help me with this by the way there's one scene towards the end when they're having the shootout and the school kids run into the shop. What happens to that person in the shop? She doesn't die. Yeah. Here at the end. Yeah, that's also something that I, I've, I've thought about a lot. Yeah, <laughs> no, sorry, it's just to quickly explain, but it's like there's a scene where there's a shootout and someone's like in this um like this shop but they're in the top window and they're like trying to snipe Simon Pegg as he's hiding behind this fountain and Simon Pegg does this thing where he like whistles at these like youths that are standing there and they all run into the shop and there's like a sign on the door that says one child like one child at a time or something and they all run in at the same time and then it like snaps to her and she like kind of screams as she like gets pulled away from the window and I'm like was it the kids that pulled her away from the window? Was it the fact there was more than one child in the shop? What? I d- like, no one must go down. <laughs> like, it's literally the only scene I still think about and go, what was up with that? And considering how this film ends <laughs> with a bombastic finale, I, I just don't get it. But that's the only, like, kind of nitpicky thing, I would say. But otherwise, yeah, I love it. 10 out of 10, I would buy a Japanese piece lolly anytime. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting you for your birthday next year. <laughs> and yeah, that brings us on to the third film, of course, being The World's End. Do you want to take the lead on this one? Okay, I'll, I'll try and... I'll try and... So this, this was the last of the trilogy, and so The World's End centres on this character uh, called Gary King, 
played mm-hmm. by Simon Pegg, who's basically a man who is trapped. Who kind of reached his he reached his peak at the end of high school, where he was like one of the most popular kids, and you know, like the world was like his oyster, and you know, like he was just he was having like time of his life and carefree and everything, and he had this like tight group of friends, and he's never been able to move past that. Mm-hmm. And so basically the film centers on him like gathering together his old friends and taking them back to the town that they grew up in to complete this this pub crawl which is known as the golden mile which they, they attempted at the end of high school but never finished and like for gary it's like the greatest night of his life and he wants to like kind of bring that bring that time of his life back again you know he wants to like relive it basically mm-hmm. but like his friends have all moved on and grown up and they're very, very reluctant and um, so he's having to like drag them around and it's kind of it's all kind of falling apart however <laughs> A good few pub, a good few stops into the pub crawl. The the guys un- uncover that there's like the town has been like occupied by these. I was gonna say robot. There's a whole thing that they're not actually robots. But yeah. I'm robots for now. <laughs> that they name blanks. And they find the town's basically been occupied by these robots who are like basically trying to like, like in a way, colonize Earth and basically kind of bring it in line uh, with the rest of the galaxy. And basically, they end up like trapped in this like you know they're trying to both complete this pub crawl but also survive these like waves waves of robots. It's a funny one, this one, because I remember what I think I didn't watch this in the cinema. I think I got got this on DVD when it came out, and like I remember really liking it when I saw it, but it's one that I kind of forgot about, mm-hmm. and it's the one that I've seen the least of the three but watching it again i watched it again last of the so of the day of this recording the day before i watched it and honestly i really really liked it i actually surprised i was like this is really really good i really enjoyed it how did you feel watching it again i felt a bit mixed i have to say like as i said before i watched this with someone who absolutely hates sci-fi and i know like a lot of people listening to this will be like well why did you take them i don't know it was their choice not mine surprisingly but like I remember coming out of it and not being impressed and I don't know if that's because now I feel like you know like I'm so attached to Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz that this one really it's not an unpopular opinion that this is the least favourite of like the three for people some bits see this is the thing like on the one hand I I definitely didn't enjoy this as much as the other two but what I will say is like looking back on it the attention to detail is absolutely fantastic in this one. Not to spoil it, but there are like a lot of foreshadowing. Like the whole intro um, is a bit of a foreshadow for what's about to happen. Also things like the names of the pubs kind of foreshadow what's going to happen, which I I thought was kind of a nice like touch of detail. So it's definitely not a mindless film. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say like it's a, you know, oh, switch your brain off. Although there are some bits, but I'll get to that. But I think overall, it's... See, I think this is what hurts me the most. It's got a lot of fantastic ideas. I do think the character that Simon Pegg plays in this one, Gary King, is really fascinating character. Because I used to know someone quite similar to this in college. And... He was similar in the sense that he wore exactly the same kind of clothes and he would like drink in the middle of the day and he kept saying how college was his last chance to make anything of himself but he would still go to the pub and drink, you know. It was like a whole like cycle and things. So it was quite surprising but I feel as if the characters, again, like Shaun of the Dead, they're very relatable. You know, you're going to see like an old man or a Pete. It is good in that sense. But I feel as if with Shaun of the Dead, it's basically like a midlife crisis with zombies. The genre that they're parodying is almost in the background for the most part for these films. You know, it's like Shaun of the Dead, but then the horror element slowly creeps into Shaun's life. And that's what Hot Fuzz and the World's End do as well. But I feel as if once the sci-fi element does creep into the World's End, that's when it kind of does a nosedive, personally. Like, did you feel as if there was any point that this film changed? I, I totally see what you're saying, and I totally agree. I think the two concepts sit kind of uneasily. In in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, they blend together seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And they work. I totally agree that they, it, they don't sit together as well mm-hmm. in this film. And, like, yeah, I totally agree with you. Gary King, to me, is a fascinating character. Because mm-hmm. for basically, I'd say, probably, I was going to say three quarters, probably more than three quarters of that film, he is like such an unlikable yeah. dick. 
Like, he's really a horrible person, and you're like, there's nothing seems to be redeemable about him. And one thing I actually like, I actually like about this is that, like, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost kind of play an inversion of roles mm-hmm. in the way that, like, in the two previous films, and actually some of the other works, it's usually Simon Pegg playing the kind of straight man, and Nick Frost plays the kind of wacky, you know, like, wacky kind of sidekick mm-hmm. character. Well, actually, in this film, Simon Pegg's playing the Nick Frost is playing a much more straight man role, and it's Simon Pegg who's doing the far more kind of wacky, like you know, outrageous character. So Gary King, like Simon Pegg's character, he's just so unlikable for so much of the film. But there's a, and I won't say what it is, but there's a moment mm-hmm. at the end, very end of the film, where you discover something about his character, and it just for me, like everything clicked into place, and I honest, I, I completely understood everything that he'd done, why he was the way he was. Like, just every facet of his character, I was like, this all makes sense. And I thought it was a real, like, it was actually a real emotional gut punch. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I found it a real emotional gut punch. I was just like, what? like wow, like, this, mm-hmm. it completely changed everything. And I was like, oh my god, like, you know, I went from despising this character to, like, like just pitying and being like, my god, like, you know, mm-hmm. just feeling so sorry for him. And it reminds me so much of Shaun of the Dead in that way, and that I think both those films... And again, maybe it's just characters I'm more related to. Because I can understand that feeling of, you know, mm-hmm. having a point in your life where you look back and you're like, God, was that the peak of my, you know, was that mm-hmm. the peak of my life? Like, yeah. is it just downhill from here? Like, I, that's something I can understand as well. Mm-hmm. And like, so I find with those two films, like, I just relate so much to those central characters mm-hmm. and all those central themes. And I just, I find they have just such an emotional core, which is what I think really resonated with me watching this film again. Mm-hmm. Also, I will say like, there's a pub fight scene in this, in The World's End, which I think might be my favourite scene out of any of these two films. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's the one where yeah. Pierce Brosnan, after they have a meeting with Pierce Brosnan, mm-hmm. and then there's like a big fight. Just because I I remember watching it when the first time, and I was absolutely howling at it, because there's this bit where Simon Pegg's character's got this beer, and he's desperate to drink it. <laughs> he's involved, he's just got, got this massive brawl, and I just found his, like, acting and everything so funny there, and just mm-hmm. like, oh. Uh, for me, like I just remember, it was that like uncontrollable laughter. Yeah. The time I saw it. Like going back to what you were saying there about the gut punch moment, like I do think this is a good film to go back and rewatch. It's one of those films that when you go back to rewatch it, you do see the reasons that he does these things. You know, the reason he's such an ass to everyone. It is really interesting. Again, it's like that whole well, maybe not Chekhov's gun in this case, but it's more like they're kind of dropping breadcrumbs, like of him talking about you know being knowledgeable about certain things that you think why does he know so much about that particular topic or why has he got his car from high school or maybe not high school but you know what I mean like that kind of time period quite well written in that regard which is why not that I'm angry at the film maybe just disappointed (laughs) just that there's so much good going on but and this is the main criticism I'll throw and this is probably the harshest I'll ever be with this trilogy but I feel as if and please don't hate me for saying this at some moments in this film they do border on like stoner humour mainly it's you know the nightclub scene yeah like that bit where it's like the very attractive woman dressed in schoolgirl uniforms which I would say that's gratuitous but that is something that does happen in a lot of like themed clubs here where they get like uni students to dress up in their old school uniform and you know drinks are i don't know i never went to them but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the drinks are slashed and um, much like the prices in them um, <laughs> and hot fuzz as i was told by timothy dalton i mean uh, another moment that really sticks out and i don't know if you noticed that was where andy's confronted by one of these good looking robots and the robot like says oh i want you inside me and then he literally punches through her to be inside and i don't know like that moment i was just like come on like maybe I'm just being too harsh on it because I'm thinking of the humour from Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and then it just nosedives in that regard I don't know do you think I'm being too harsh on it if you're being harsh because I can see where you're coming from I would I would just remind you of and I'm just going to put a little warning here I'm, I'm going to use some very gra- I'm going to I'm quoting a scene from Shaun of the Dead but it, it's yes, quite, go for it. quite graphic so if, you, if you're offended by that maybe skip ahead like 30 seconds but I would remind you of a scene in Shaun of the Dead where like they're in the wind after Liz uh, after Liz breaks up with Sean mm-hmm. they're in the, the pub and then they're looking at the patrons and Sean goes oh what about her and Ed goes oh cockocidal maniac <laughs> needs to talk about how she started in the first interracial porn film I mean maybe that is a much shorter scene than yeah. the one in the world's end but the humour I would say the humour is kind of it's on the same line there 
Like, and I agree, it's not as drawn out as the world's mm-hmm. end. So, but I can totally see what you're saying. If it's not your humor, then like, yeah, no, then that's a mm-hmm. fair point. If it's just not your humor, then mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, uh, I, I can get it. Like, for me, like, I, I think I, I think I did laugh because I did, <laughs> just because I laugh. I love Nick Frost's line after that, where he's speaking to Simon Pegg and he's just like, "I just punched my wedding ring out for a robot's tummy." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I don't know, looking at it from a whole, I don't mind it as much, but I, I yeah. see where you're coming from, and I think it's a valid criticism. Like, I don't want to be too harsh on it and be like, oh, it's the worst thing ever, because it isn't. Like, it is not by far the worst film I've seen. It definitely, for me, is the worst of the trilogy. This is the thing, I don't want to say it's the worst of the trilogy and be like, oh, it's irredeemable, because as I said, there is good elements of this film, but they just really don't mesh with the sci-fi element. Mm. And it's weird, because if you look at Shaun of the Dead, everything happens in the background, and then the horror slowly encroaches into his, like, everyday life. Yeah. Same with Hot Fuzz, it's like, it's part of his job, and then this world of conspiracies and things come into it, and it's... Yeah, the peaceful, like, exterior of the village, mm-hmm. like, falls away. Whereas, for World's End, it's like, there's this particular scene where the, like, the friend group are just about to, literally just about to split up, and then, yeah, the, the incident happens like the kind of turning point of the story where the sci-fi element is introduced happens and then it's like oh okay <laughs> you know it's like it's just yeah it just it happens and then all of a sudden it's like great we've got robots in this film now but there was no real and again like you would expect like there to be action or something going on with like hot fuzz or you're expecting the zombies to come with Shaun of the Dead with the world's end there wasn't really much of a build up was there unless I could I could be completely wrong like Not and I've missed really. it but... I think it's something that you see it more when you rewatch it but I don't yeah. think when you watch it the first time round Mm-hmm. As you say, it does seem quite abrupt, mm-hmm. like in a way that it, it, you know, it doesn't. It's not quite as it's not quite as well built up as as the other two films. It's something that I think once you've seen it once and you know what's coming, you can kind of look and see where it's coming from. But yeah, no, I'd agree. And I apologise for kind of ending that on a, <laughs> a very negative rant because I don't, I don't, I don't want to be that guy who's like the world's ends bad and you should feel bad because it isn't. Like as I said, I think Gary King, fantastic character and i do think the characters in this are really good but there is just some bits so before we kind of wrap up will we talk about the endings of these films will we go into kind of spoiler territory for the next couple of minutes there will be like minor spoilers for well no minor sorry (laughs) the opposite (laughs) pretty major it is the endings after all but yeah we'll go into the spoilers um very briefly so skip ahead a couple of minutes if you don't want to hear yes these (laughs) the climaxes of these amazing films how would you say the endings do rate in these films i like all of the endings i mean my favorite my favorite is Shaun of the dead Mm -hmm. because so for the end of Shaun of the dead basically the only survivors out of the kind of group the kind of main group are sean and liz Mm -hmm. Uh, so sean and his like his ex-girlfriend at the time but they they get back together again and i and they kind of basically it kind of film kind of ends it starts like you know instead of uh, sean's like but he said it's sean and liz living together rather than sean and ed and and his flatmate pete and i like i like what you were saying that like at at the start liz is like saying like oh i want to you know i want to travel you know do all these Mm -hmm. exciting things and actually like their life isn't that and it's actually in a way it's in in a way liz is saying all these things but she's in a way she's not actually wanting like excitement what she wants is she wants sean to commit that's the real thing she wants. She wants Sean to commit to their life together, mm-hmm. which he just can't seem to do at the beginning because he's like, he's just, he can't move past his old life, like kind of represented by Ed. And like that's, he is able to move past and they're able to have a life together. And that's really what she wants. But at the same time, I like it as well as that Sean is still able to hold on to parts of his like old life because Ed has been turned into a zombie at the end. And Sean is able to like rescue him and, and like has him living in the shed with like their PlayStation 2 and he's able to go out there and visit him and stuff. So I like that kind of idea that like it is possible to move on in your life but you don't have to like abandon everything about your old life you know you can still have that part of yourself and Mm -hmm. can still keep like those things that you like and everything so for me i find it a really i think it's really funny but also really touching touching Mm -hmm. ending it's a surprising ending to be sure but it is definitely a it is a really emotional one and the best way and i have to admit like leading on from that the ending to hot fuzz by far out the three although that is like the emotional ending like the the finale to hot fuzz it's see this is the thing i love the reveal of it so again skip a couple of minutes if you don't want to hear but the villains or rather the killer turns out to be killers and it's the whole village 
that's involved and they're trying to make sure that Stanford is the model village of the year every single year because the main inspector of the town has lost his wife basically she took a mental breakdown because like the day before one of the village announcement or one of the village competitions came around there were like travelers who came through messed up the village then moved on and they lost because of it so he has like this fixation on making this and preserving you know and it's this idea again of like this fixation of preserving the thing of the past and that idea of like trying to get him to move on which of course he doesn't really he ends up getting arrested in the end no sorry he ends up getting attacked by a swan which is what I was referring to earlier <laughs> he gets pecked you know what it is fantastic see the reveal of the village as the the main antagonist is absolutely fantastic like I don't know about you but my jaw dropped at that I was like I did not see it coming at all I thought maybe it would be Timothy Dalton which is a half truth yeah (laughs) like he was set up as a perfect red herring and I, I do think it's fantastic I think it goes on a little bit longer at the end than it should have like there's this whole scene where a landmine or sorry a sea mine blows up in the station but everybody survives I think except for the doctor who gets pinned underneath it just seems a bit weird and I know that's the point it's supposed to be like you know the old action films like I don't know Bad Boys 2 is one of the ones they bring up you know Point Break that kind of thing but I I think it kind of outstays its welcome there but that's the only issue I would say I have with the ending the twist itself is great but then there's another like extra what half hour after that where it's just yeah it's just basically a shootout it's all really well done but that's that's the only thing I would point out. And for the world's end, I'll, I'll let you take this one and I'll I'll jump in while it's yeah. beaten on the ground. The world's end ends with so because out of the five friends, two of them two of them are, are basically taken by the robots and killed and replaced mm-hmm. uh, by like robot versions of themselves. So like the final three characters, you've got you've got Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and uh, their other friend Simon, who's played by Paddy Constantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Con- Con- Constantine. I can't I, yeah, yeah. butchered his last name, but yeah. <laughs> so they survive and they kind of find they find like the main like the say the leader, it's not really the leader, but it's like the main hub of this thing called the network, who are this like alien group who have like infiltrated the earth and have like basically advanced technology, you know, like mobile mm-hmm. phones, the internet, everything, satellites, everything like that, to basically try and like bring Earth into line with the rest of the galaxy and basically end <laughs> up so with this like this this artificialist consciousness like arguing with these like three drunkards. they're so belligerent that like the god just realizes it's just like oh you know to hell with this like Mm -hmm. we're gonna leave earth it's not worth it like you know you're Mm -hmm. not worth it and so they leave and that basically wipes that like kind of like wipes out technology and basically sends Mm -hmm. earth into this like apocalypse state Mm -hmm. and um, basically nick frost's character kind of narrates the end and i do like what's the end because i think it because it's because basically nick frost is like is divorced from his wife as his character is divorced from his wife and like he's been trying to win her back but they kind of reconcile because like well you know our differences don't seem as bad yeah you know, <laughs> i kind of like that and um paddy constantine's character gets together with uh, rosamund pike mm-hmm. pike her character who's like a who he'd been in love with since he'd been at school and stuff and that's quite nice and then the two robot like the two characters who are robots kind of go back to their old things and that's kind of funny and then uh, Simon Pegg's character kind of disappears and we, we see him at the end like he's basically like the artificial consciousness created like robot versions of like Gary's friends when they were young and he basically takes them and he's like you know he's like leading them in a posse and stuff and they like walk into this pub where it's like they like no and they call the robots blanks it's like no blanks served here basically and then mm-hmm. you know he goes in and we see like he's basically eschewed alcohol now and he's like teetotal and he's, he's yeah, he has to drink water and stuff and then like the film ends with him about to go in this massive fight with all these basically like quote unquote racists yeah. in, in this pub which is a nice callback by the way because you remember when like Nick Frost character drinking water the first time right? oh like, yeah mm-hmm. it, takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage to like walk into like walk into a bar with all these like big ugly men in war paint and order water and that's kind of what happens at the end is a nice callback and yeah and basically it kind of shows him like in a way like he's almost found his purpose so like I, I I do like it because I, I like the fact that it, it's kind of is this, this guy who couldn't move past this point in his life is able to in a way but again he's able to retain a bit of a vestige but he's found a new purpose and he's not as self-destructive now so I do I do like it I do like it what did you think about it I did think that was like quite a cool idea I, I, I didn't know what to expect really I kind of left thinking 
Oh, that was an ending. I, I think the idea of like a post-apocalyptic world and everything, that was a cool idea, but like we only got to see like two minutes of it. And obviously like we couldn't have half of the film a pub crawl and then the other half like post-apocalyptic. But I mean, if, you know, Disney Plus or whatever picked it up, I'm, I'm sure it would do well. <laughs> but no, jokes aside, I, th- I think by that point I was just kind of tired out by all the action and everything. I was just like, oh my God. And you know, the emotional reveal that comes out that he's you know it turns out that he's been self-harming because uh, as he says before and he keeps reiterating nothing ever lived up to that night where they did the pub crawl after school and I have to admit re-watching it I do appreciate it because you do see kind of snippets of him trying to retain his old days like him driving the same car as school still playing the same songs him still using like the same catchphrase that they used in school you know like all of these callbacks are fantastically done and they're just weaved in so perfectly and I I do think it's really well done but the whole alien thing I don't know it just seemed like it almost felt like two separate films which is something I never felt with Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz as was said before it felt as if they naturally kind of meshed with one another with this it almost felt as if they were trying to pour like oil on water and some bits were going through but other bits you were just like overall it just for me personally I, I like the idea of like the post as I said the post-apocalyptic bit and a lot of the characters getting relatively happy endings some of them were like the heads were smashed in so I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to work for them in the future but <laughs> yeah I, I felt it was just like it, it was bombastic I will admit them having the big chase scene and I, I have no idea what the big robot was I'm going to be honest I felt as if that was a bit too much modern art <laughs> just the, the 5G statue running around <laughs> I was like what is what is this so yeah I think personally it's definitely the weakest of the three ending wise but that actually brings me on to my final point rankings and I, I think I could probably tell what you're going to say but I, I'm going to give it to you then it should be pretty obvious that Sean of the Dead is, is number one for me I, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's flawless I think it's perfect I absolutely love it probably going to hate me but World's End is my next favourite what <laughs> yeah and then now here's what I'll say mm-hmm. in terms of an actual pure film Mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz is a much better, much like tighter, like mm-hmm. it's a much better film. World's End is a lot scrappier and everything, and I, I agree it doesn't hold together as well. Man, it's got an emotional core to it though, mm. and I just and maybe there's a bit of recency bias here. This last one I watched, but I was just really like drawn to it, mm. and I just I, the emotion of it just really resonated with me in a way that, and that's the thing about Hot Fuzz. Like I love Hot Fuzz, but. It doesn't. It just doesn't have that emotional draw for me, and mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just something that I just. It's just really important to me. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'm watching films, you know, it's just how much I get kind of emotionally invested in it. Honestly, like it could. It could be like a two A two B thing, you know, mm-hmm. worlds and hot fuzz because mm-hmm. hot fuzz is. And this is no slight against hot fuzz. Like ranking mm-hmm. is like you know, hot fuzz is a fantastic film, and I. I everybody should watch it because it's it's amazing. And maybe my opinion will change, but I'm I'm sorry, it's gonna be the, it's number three for me. That that is a twist in the half right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> indeed yeah no surprise for me it's definitely hot fuzz uh, sitting at number one i'm gonna go with Shaun of the dead for number two in mine this is the thing world's end for me is definitely by far my least favorite and it doesn't mean it's a bad film i'm gonna reiterate kind of what you said because i'm a filthy plagiarist but i do agree world's end definitely has that emotional core i just feel as if like a lot of the sci-fi stuff does it a bit of disservice at times you know it's like it's hard to get invested in you know gary king who is this washed out guy who struggles with basically as the film suggests you or all three of them suggest is this theme of moving on with life whether it's sean with his relationship nicholas with his you know job or 
of course, um, Gary with his thinking back to the yeah, thinking back to the past and everything. And uh, yeah, I, I just feel as if punching robots does that a disservice. I, I don't know. Maybe I have to rewatch it because it's only this stage. <laughs> it's only this stage. Like I'm starting to kind of warm up to it slightly because before I absolutely hated it. I thought out the three, I would watch Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead over and over again. But this is like the second time I've watched it since the cinemas. So I don't know. Maybe I just need to rewatch it again. I'm not. I'm not saying like you know like a Clockwork Orange where I've got my eyes strapped open. <laughs> I'm rewatching it like stop it yeah stop it stop it now but for me it's definitely the weakest out of the three and again if you're listening to this and you're a fan of The World's End yeah feel free to let us know like if you're a fan of it or really just what your favourite one out of the trilogy is and I honestly think that we probably could like do deep dives into these episodes or these films rather we could definitely do it a better service but they're great films regardless I I would wholeheartedly recommend and I'm sure you agree as well. <laughs> oh yeah, like I recommend all of these films. And again, it's that thing of saying like what's the worst, quote unquote worst. Like there's for me there's no bad film in this trilogy. It's a really strong trilogy of films. Mm-hmm. That's for me like it's having to nitpick. It's yeah. having to be like, well, I don't like this kind of little bit. And again, it came down to my decision came down to a subjective thing, which mm-hmm. you know, again, I don't think the things that I've said against Hot Fuzz are actual criticisms of it. It's mm-hmm. just how I feel. Yeah. So I would I would recommend any of these films. They're for me they're all amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just go watch them all, and then watch them all again because they're they're worth rewatching. No, I would agree with that because although you might think, oh, it's just a silly zombie film, silly action film, silly sci-fi, you don't really get an appreciation for them, do you? Unless you no. rewatch them and think, oh, that's what they were talking about earlier, or oh, that's what they were referring. You know, it's it's definitely rewatchable. But it's also rewarding to rewatch it and kind of spot these Easter eggs and things. It's great. And we definitely, pro- well, definitely, probably, maybe, we'll come back to them. But yeah, we're probably leaning on the side of definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly, me too, I can see us like revisiting these films and doing like a deep dive. So if you want to see that, please let us know down below. Seeing as it is the end, would you like to conclude the episode? It would be my honour. So thank you all so much for joining us for the start of this new and exciting season. I feel like we got off to a, a bang here and this rocket's just going to keep flying. We're going to keep shooting for the moon. So we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much, Satsunami, for putting this episode together, for inviting me on, and just for just bearing your soul, bearing your heart about these films. Oh, it's a pleasure as always. (laughs) And so we will see you all next time. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay awesome, most importantly, stay hydrated, and jog on. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye-bye.